Welcome to Awkwards Anonymous, the podcast where two sisters stricken with the disease to please share their experiences and opinions while making a conscious effort to be unapologetically honest. Sorry if anything we say offends you. Oh, shoot. I'm not supposed to say that. Come on, Missy. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Missy. So before we get started, I have a couple of things that came up this week that were just really worth mentioning given the theme of the podcast is awkwardness. So the first one is, at some point or another, I don't remember if it's one of the last episodes, but kids are freaking awkward, and we've talked (laughs) about that. So to further prove this point, the other day we were having dinner with the in-laws, and my son ended up being upset about something, and he was throwing a little bit of a fit. He's four years old. And... My husband and I had walked away to sort of not encourage the behavior, but then he started like ramping it up and I was like, okay, well, my in-laws don't really need to be dealing with that. So I'm going to go get him. So I went over and I didn't say anything and I just picked him up and carried him away. And Chrissy, as I'm carrying him away, he says, mommy, please don't hurt me. I never (laughs) wanted to actually hurt him (laughs) any more than in that moment. And let's be clear, because you know me, but our listeners don't necessarily know me. Hey, I'm going to be transparent. I have absolutely been known to swat his rear end when he was doing something that he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. But I also do the same exact thing when we're roughhousing and playing. Right. So, quite frankly, he rarely knows the difference, and he would not know what it means for mommy to hurt him. (laughs) I don't know where he learned this crap, but I wanted to die. So, in that moment, I'm sitting there in this, like, I have this fleeting thought of, okay, do I address this with them and be like, I, 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 I. I don't, I don't hurt him. Just so you know, I don't hurt him, which almost makes it seem worse. Right. Or do do I just ignore it? I don't need to justify myself. I don't hurt him. I don't know where he got this crap. And then just let them think whatever they want to think, which is kind of dangerous too. So I went downstairs to my husband and I told him about it. We had, we basically, we told him that if he says that around the wrong people, then the cops are going to come and take him away from us. (laughs) And then he won't be able to live with us anymore. Does he like that? (laughs) So instead of the physical abuse, you opted for the emotional abuse. I have found that it's a lot more effective. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that talk about an awkward moment and how awkward kids can be. I just wanted to melt in the floor and die. And it has bothered me ever since because I'm just like, I obviously know that he had no reason to say that, but I'm like, great. What do our in-laws think? They know the truth, but in that moment, I'm just like, what horrible things do they think I am doing to make his initial reaction be, don't hurt me, mommy. So, two things. One, you know that kid is so flipping smart. I know that I might be biased, but he is so smart. And he is a manipulative little sucker. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> he had to have seen it on TV or something. So I know that he probably was like, oh, please stop the fighting. Stop the fight. Please stop the beating. <laughs> to be adorable and wiggle his way out of it. Second of all, in-laws and parents are going to think whatever they're going to think about your child rearing, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, (laughs) basically any form of discipline for a grandparent is too much, which, you know, that's, that's their right. That's the phase of life that they're in. They raise their kids, and they don't have to do that anymore, so I get it. How soon they forget. Oh, (laughs) yes. How soon they forget. What terrors. As much as you don't, you want to beat them. (laughs) I don't have kids, so nobody has to worry about me. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing that came up this week that I just realized about myself, the other day we were watching that Eurovision show on Netflix. Yeah. And my husband was like, oh, is that Graham Norton? And I'm like, who's Graham Norton? And he's like, oh, he's so funny. and. You have to watch it. So he pulled up a YouTube video of a segment, and he's a talk show host, a British talk show host, and he had Will Smith, Ryan Reynolds, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and the guy who plays the German assistant bad guy in Captain America. I forget his name. So Ryan Reynolds is talking, and he's doing a phenomenal job that, you know, you would expect Ryan Reynolds, but again, it's... It's a talk show, so everything is improv. And he's telling these stories, and him and Will Smith have this thing going, and the whole time, my butt is just so clenched. And it's like, these guys do this kind of thing for a living. But the segment ended, and I was like, oh, isn't it so good? It's so funny. And I'm like, no, I hated it. That was so awkward. And he's like, what are you talking about? And it just dawned on me. How awkward I feel even watching other people be in situations where they're improvising. So, just because I don't know what this is, is it kind of like, you know, Impractical Jokers? Where no. So, let me clarify. It's just like a late night talk show where they have guests come on. And the host will be like, oh, tell us about your new movie. Oh, tell us about childhood experience. And they all just talk about it. It's just a talk show. That's all it is. So they're just shooting the shit. Meeting people and talking and having small talk. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And telling stories and, you know, in Ryan Reynolds' case, like being funny and kind of just going back and forth with Will Smith. And they did a great job, and everything was flawless. But to me, I hate watching that stuff. I hate it. I hate the talk show portion of talk shows. I don't like watching interviews. It just makes me feel so uncomfortable. Huh. If it if I'm watching something that I know was not rehearsed, I feel so awkward, and I hate it. And honestly, like, even... The first season of The Office, before I got used to what The Office was, I could almost barely watch it. Oh, the first season is definitely, it's cringeworthy. Yeah. And that's something that is built to be that way. It is rehearsed to make you feel that way. Right. But for me, like, just even watching a talk show with people who get paid to act and come up with things off the cuff, 
And it still makes me feel so awkward. So anyway, my husband was just sort of like razzing me and giving me a hard time because he's like, you are so freaking weird that even this makes you feel uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, I have the willies now. Like, turn it off. I don't want to watch anymore. Am I the only one? (laughs) Uh... Okay, so Chrissy does not feel this way. For all the similarities that we have, I guess we diverge on this point. Guys, help me out. If you're listening to this and it makes your skin crawl to even watch celebrities improvise, give me a shout out and let me know I'm not alone. (laughs) I mean, what I will say is I, so to be honest, I don't normally watch like late talk shows. You know, I don't really watch a lot of that. And I don't really watch interviews. Something that, like, comes to mind where I'm kind of like, okay, I I kind of understand what you're saying. But there was this one interview that was on TV, and it had Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't know that I like Colin Farrell anymore. Like, he is just not the suave, sexy person that he is in the <laughs> movies. That was more where I'm just like, oh, it just shatters that... Yeah. That fourth wall. So is that what it is? The third wall? Fourth wall? Yeah. Which wall is it? (laughs) It's the fifth element. The fifth element. (laughs) (laughs) That is another aspect of watching interviews and stuff. I I do avoid those at all costs. Like, if there's a show I like or actors that I like or characters that I like, I do not watch them in interviews because I don't want to see... Anything that's going to disappoint my perception of who they are. Yeah. I want to believe that they're exactly who I think they are, and I am not interested in realizing the truth. So that is another thing that is still true, and I completely agree with you. Yeah. Mine is still just seeing someone put on the spot, even if they handle it well, makes me nervous. And I don't really watch late night television or anything like that either. But when I do, or even like, again, my husband just showing me a YouTube clip, it just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Or if you've ever seen clips on like entertainment, the TV show where they're like interviewing people on the red carpet and asking them questions. And those people are just expected to like say a one-liner funny thing and move on. I feel for them. It gives me so much anxiety to think about being in that position. And they're probably fine. I mean, they're getting compensated well. Yeah. They get paid enough (laughs) to put up with the awkwardness of it all. Right. I never realized how uncomfortable it made me until I had to vocalize it the other day when my husband put me on the spot and he was like, don't you like that? Isn't that hilarious? And I was like, no, I hated every moment of it. Huh. Sometimes when I, it's still hilarious and I still watch it, but like when you watch Impractical Jokers or Jackass, Mm -hmm. when Johnny Knoxville is dressed up as the old guy, it's so hilarious, but it's also just like they get people so riled up. You just don't know what people are going to do. This is so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because for some reason that kind of putting people on the spot tickles me. But I think the difference is those people are put in those situations and they don't know for that they're supposed to react in a certain way. Yeah. Whereas if you're in an interview or you're on a late night talk show, you know, hey, 
I'm expected to be funny. I'm expected to be witty. I'm expected to have a politically correct response. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be succinct. People are supposed to be able to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Whereas, you know, if you just like walk up to somebody and expose a fake old lady boob, well, you know, <laughs> that person's just, it's natural. They're going to react however they react. There's no expectations. That's stuff I love. I guess for me, because I do, I agree with you. I love it. I'll watch it all day long. It's hilarious. But sometimes I think when when things get really, really heated, I think at some point they have to go back to these people and be like, just so you know, all this was fake. These very real, strong emotions that you were feeling were for nothing. Yeah. Will you please sign this paper so we can put this on in our movie? Yeah. Of what makes me just like, ugh, is I wonder, what would I do? Mm-hmm. What if I was the person on the streets of New York and some old lady came up and, like, popped her boob out? How would I react? And the answer is probably I would just laugh and walk away. Avert your eyes. Avert my eyes. Yeah. Because even if someone came up to me and said something totally off the wall, I'd be like, huh. And I'd walk away. They wouldn't get any reaction out of me in reality. But also, sometimes they'll do little skits where it should enrage you. Mm -hmm. They'll have a skit where it's like, let's pretend that we're really abusive to this kid and (laughs) make it really funny. Yeah. Would I let that happen? Or, like, the people who get really riled up, I'm like, those are the people who should feel good about themselves. Right. Because they were brave enough to be like, no, that's wrong. Right. Whereas I would probably be like, well, I guess he's just... Gonna get beat. (laughs) Right. I think you made a really good point, though, that in those situations when you're watching that kind of improv, you know that after the fact, those people are going to be informed of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a really important factor in my okayness with watching those kinds of things without it being so uncomfortable. I can't watch it. Because I know that all will be made right in the end, and they will be informed what was going on. As cool as that would be to be like, oh, I'll be in a Johnny Knoxville movie, (laughs) I would be like, fuck no, burn that footage. (laughs) I will not sign anything. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what they did, because there have been moments when we try to decide, okay... We're going to stand up for ourselves. We're going to stand up for someone else. We're going to make a stand. And we come out of our shell. And it seems to be like the one and only time we shouldn't have. Yeah. And then we end up looking like assholes. That would be the time Johnny Knoxville is pulling a prank on me. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that anymore. What about you? What is going on, girl? Oh, my gosh. Missy, world, I am so emotionally drained. (laughs) I have literally been in a glass cage of emotion for two weeks. (laughs) So this is part two, uh, because last week, I know we talked about the whole job hunting experience and how miserable that can be and how awkward networking can be. There was a job that I applied for, and... I was, like, real jazzed up about it, and I've planned out how I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to be very rich. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to brag, you guys. 
But in my mind, unlike if I never get raised again, I will be happy. In all reality, that probably isn't the case because when you think about how each job you have, you kind of you should be getting more and more money the more experience you get. Right. 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 I remember when I graduated college, I was like, oh, wow. I make so much money. I am good. I've got it made in the shade. The point is, insert any dollar amount. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Even in your, even with your current job, insert any dollar amount. We're not literally saying it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's just, if it's more than before, it's so much money. It's just wonderful. (laughs) Money is just so wonderful. (laughs) I just love money so much. (gasps) Money, 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 money. Um, but yeah, exactly. That's, that's really the point that I'm getting at is that in my mind and in my heart, (laughs) I'm like, I'm so freaking rich. I just, I'm going to wipe my tears and blow my nose with hundred dollar bills moving forward. (laughs) You guys need to understand how much she's joking. See, you don't know us that well yet. I am making more money than I was before, is the point. I'm going to stop bragging about how rich I'm going to be, and I'm going to move on. So, I was real jazzed up about this job. Well, I had my interview last week. So, all my interviews were over the phone. All of them. There were only two interviews. (laughs) All two. All two of my interviews. (laughs) So, the first one, I'm scheduled for it, and I'm so nervous. I mean, I... And shaking all day, major gastrointestinal distress. Like, I come home early, and I have to log on to my computer. It's a WebEx thing, so that I, I have to make sure the internet's working, and I have to make sure that my headset's connected, and all of that. And, you know, I do that all the time, but when it really, really matters, it's like, oh, something's going to break, something's going to break, my internet's going to go down in the middle of the interview, right? My interview starts, and... I don't know if I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I have birds. And I have a bird that is relatively new to my home. And so we're still kind of getting used to each other. And so far, he's been really quiet. Generally pretty quiet. Well, of course, on the one day where I need him to shut up, he decides that he's going to come in and he's going to scream. And he's going to ask me if he's a good boy. And I'm just, like, (laughs) trying to answer this woman's question, and he's screaming so loud. And I'm, like, throwing stuff at him (laughs) because my headset is connected to the computer with a cord, so I couldn't get up or take my headset off. Right. So I'm, like, throwing a pen at him, and she's asking me questions, and I'm like, um, yeah. And finally... He goes away. And when I say I was throwing things at him, I never made contact. I was just trying to, like, yeah, we have to make these clarifications for people. (laughs) I'm not abusive. But she does still hate cats. But I do still hate cats. Cats are the scourge of the earth. (laughs) And they should be eliminated. (laughs) So 
that was just really nerve wracking. And afterwards, I know like the first part of the interview was really rough because I was really distracted. And I don't know how much of that translated for her, but I knew. Right. I knew that I was awkward and that I was not focused. Right. I knew that there was going to be one more interview after this and just the waiting process. Do you think, don't they understand that there is a human being sitting over here? (laughs) Yeah. Stressing out. Right. Having diarrhea every day. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I honestly, I was so stressed out, I could feel cancer growing inside me. So finally, this uh, second interview happens, and it was with two women, and they were just, they were nice, but they were, you could not tell. Mm -hmm. You could not tell, and it was over the phone, so you can't even read body language. Yeah. Like, is what I'm saying, are you grooving with what I'm saying? Right. Am I talking too much? You don't know, and... At one point, they asked me a question like, oh, well, if you have people who are chasing you, you know, when you've got all these deadlines to meet and everyone wants everything to be a priority, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I went on and on and on forever because I'm just like, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? Until finally I went, but really, you know, I would just go to my manager and I would just Talk to them about what should be a priority. And she's like, that's all I needed to know. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it should have made me happy that she was saying, yep, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. But it just made me be like, oh, but did, was everything else that I said super boring? And were you like, just shut up? And then on top of that, like, at the beginning of the interview, I, I don't know if you guys have, like, picked up on this. But sometimes we use humor mm-hmm. as, like, a... a a social lubricant, and we're kind of like, okay, if we can make you giggle, then it makes us feel more comfortable because it makes you seem like you're more of a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the beginning of this interview, you know, I was kind of joking around, and they were, like, giggling. It was lighthearted, and I was like, okay, all right. They're picking up what I'm throwing down. And then one of the women made a comment about how They communicate a lot in their department, and she was like, and probably we communicate too much. And then she talked about something else for a little while, and then when it came time for me to speak, I was like, oh, and by the way, I don't think you can ever communicate too much. Cricket, cricket, cricket. (laughs) No response. So anyway, (laughs) and I was just like, oh my gosh, I hate myself so much. Yeah. It was so awkward, because it was just no response. What I will say is that I freaking love interviewing on the phone. I don't love interviewing at all, but if I had to do an interview, phone interviews are just the bomb. I know that you can't see people's reactions, but they can't see yours either. Right. And there were just so many times where I would say something stupid and I would be like, stupid, 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 just like banging my head, like making stupid faces at myself and rolling my eyes at myself. (laughs) Those are things that you can't do when you're on a webcam. Those are things that you can't do when you're in person. Yeah, that's true. There's pros and cons to both sides of that. It's interesting to be going through this whole job hunting and interview process during the pandemic. I mean, some companies, I'm sure, do over-the-phone interviews all the time. But 
in this case, a lot of companies are having to hire people sort of sight on scene, which I really don't know how much an in-person adds, but it's just an interesting dynamic. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Yeah. I will say the one thing about phone interviews, which you alluded to earlier, is like the noise aspect and like the setting that you're in. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was looking for a job a couple of years ago, I was working downtown and I had a you know recruiter call me and it was a phone interview. And I swear to all that is holy, every single street and road and building and sidewalk was under construction at the very moment that I was trying to interview. <laughs> and so like I was running around trying to find a place. I can't interview for a new job in the conference room of my current workplace. That's kind of tacky and dangerous. So I went outside and there were jackhammers everywhere and buses whirring by. And it was like the windiest day of the year for some (laughs) random reason. And that was, I remember that being particularly awkward because I kept having to say, I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that? Maybe we have a bad connection or I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like my phone does this obnoxious thing where you can hear yourself talk. Oh, and you get yeah. that echo, and that will happen, and and you always go through this internal struggle. Okay, am I just honest with them and say, look, I'm having a really t- hard time hearing you. I have a technical issue, or hey, I'm outside. I'm in the middle of the city. Excuse any bus buses or jackhammers you hear in the background. Or do you try to hide it the whole time? Yeah. You know, it's like, what's that medium? Because you don't want them to think that it wasn't important enough to go find a, a quiet place to be. Yeah. But sometimes you just don't have any control. Yeah, I agree. I kind of had that when I had the first part of my interview and the bird was screaming. And I asked myself, would she think that it's cute if I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's my bird. He decided that he wanted to join our interview. Right. Or would she be like, you know, you can't be having that. Touching back to my comment about how I've literally been in a glass cage of emotion. At my current job, we moved into a new building. And in their infinite wisdom, they have made everything glass. Everything. The manager's offices, the director's offices, the conference rooms, they're all glass. Is it at least frosted for privacy? It's all clear glass. You can see everything. I'm really surprised they didn't make our cubes glass. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that's something that surprised me. Why not just give everybody a laptop and a beanbag? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Also, Smudge City people... I can't remember if this is in a last episode, but this is at a place where they had to remind people not to wipe boogers on the wall. Yes. And you're going to put up glass everywhere? Yeah. (laughs) I think that it is in a last episode, and we are most definitely going to have to touch base on that. If you want to hear more about how people at my work wipe their fucking boogers (laughs) on the wall. (laughs) So much so that a note had to be put up. (laughs) (gasps) in the ladies' bathroom, might I add. So it was a woman. We can narrow this down to a woman who was doing this. So shameful. Anyway, people at work suck. Stay tuned for an episode. So all of my interviews have happened, and I am just a wreck. Mm -hmm. I can't get any work. I'm basically useless Mm -hmm. because I'm just checking my email Every five minutes, did they email me back? Did they email me back? Did they email me back? 
so nervous. And I, when I say finally, I mean like this was 8.30 in the morning the very next day after my last interview. Yeah. But it was just an inconsiderately long amount of time to me. (laughs) Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, Chrissy, you need to chill. Yeah. But I got a phone call and I got the job. Yay! Yeah! So... I am going to be rich. She is going to be making that money. I'm going to be getting that cash money flow, bitches. <laughs> ah! Okay, so if you wanted an example of what he was do- <laughs> what he was doing, that's my bird. So when I had to take this call, I had to go into one of the conference rooms because you can't just take that kind of phone call at your desk. And as this woman is calling me, she's like, oh, I just wanted to let you know they want to make you an offer. I'm in this glass box. Right. I am not joking when I say all four sides of this room are glass. One is a window to the outside, and the three others are just glass walls. What is the point? Glass is not very soundproof. Right. You can hear everything. I mean, my manager, who is several desks away from me is in a glass box and she had her door closed and I could hear every word that she was saying in her conversation. And I mean, I can't even imagine if I had to go to my boss and have a sensitive conversation with her. Yeah. There are all kinds of situations where you might want to have a private conversation. So I was just trapped in this glass box of emotion being so happy but having to be reserved, right? It's like everyone can hear me, <laughs> right? Well, congratulations on the new job. I'm I'm really happy that you're going to be, be so rich. Yeah, that you're going to be so rich. <laughs> Do you have a air quotes favorite worst interview or memorable horrendous <laughs> interviews from your past? Because obviously, this one, despite what you thought, it went pretty well. The first one that comes to my mind was my very first interview, and I'm going to give myself a pass on this, because my I got my first job when I was 16, and it was at a daycare, and our mom was already working there. Mm-hmm. So I went in for my interview, and my mom came with me. <laughs> <laughs> she was literally in the room with me while I was interviewing. Okay. By my request, by the way, (laughs) the director was like, this is great. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hire you. So the next step that you'll need to do is you'll need to go get a TV test. And I don't know. I don't know if if you guys have ever had to have a TV test done. It's this teensy tiny little needle. Very, very small. Not like a normal size needle that they just... Stick just under the surface of your skin to see if you you have a reaction, and that tells you if you have TB. Well, I started crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you were afraid of needles? Yes. I mean, even as an adult, I don't cry anymore, but, but I have to tell myself, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> and I haven't gotten a flu shot in God knows how long. I don't know how I'm going to take the coronavirus vaccine. I was going to say, are you, are you vaccinated? Yeah, mom and dad made you do it. They pinned me down and they said, you have to get vaccinated. You don't want to bring smallpox back. <laughs> but yeah, so I started crying during my first interview, which was 
really embarrassing. With your mom in the room. With my I mom mean, in talk the room. about awkward. How do you think the director felt? Can you imagine interviewing somebody with their mother standing right there and being like, uh, yeah, I guess you get the job? <laughs> their mother, who is also their employee. Looking back, you know, I've never, this is selfish of me, but I've never thought about how that was probably awkward for her. I only thought about how it was awkward for me. <laughs> so selfish. Oh, well. <laughs> you got the job. <laughs> I got the job. Honestly, See, you're, it, I feel like I'm on a talk show. Like, I'm getting sweaty. I'm, like, so sweaty right now because I feel like I've just been asked a question and I've been put on the spot and I don't have, like, an immediate answer. So I'm, like, getting all nervous and shaky. But, um, honestly, I don't really have any momentous spiraling interviews oh, that I can remember. Oh, you but, are. Which, by the way, if you have a story, please... Please send it in, because I just love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had mentioned talking to people who are interviewing you over the phone. I remember interviewing with this one particular person, but she could have won the world championship for Poker Face. And apparently I did well, because I got the job, but the whole time I was sweating bullets, because everything I would say, I just got absolutely... No reaction. And this yeah. was a face-to-face interview. I was actually there. And I would answer a question, and then we would just sort of, like, Western styles stare each other down. Yeah. Like, I could hear the eagle in the sky. And I'd <laughs> be <laughs> like... <laughs> so, I don't really have any really good stories, honestly. But just to echo the sentiment that interviews are absolutely the worst, and it's so hard to tell how you're doing, and I avoid them at all costs... Congratulations on your job. Hopefully you don't have to do that for a very, very long time. Yeah, hopefully that misery is done with for a while. Something else, which this kind of ties in with the job hunt, but it's also interviewing recruiters. Mm. So not all recruiters are created equally. Mm -hmm. And I had an experience not too long ago. It was maybe... About six months ago, I had a recruiter randomly call me, and the job that he had in mind was actually something that was really well suited to what I was doing. And I wanted to move forward with just looking further into it. The problem is that this recruiter that I talked to, I don't know if it was the connection of on the phone, I don't know what it was, but I could never understand what he was saying mm-hmm. ever. Uh-huh. And he insisted on calling me, and he just had this like mush mouth. <laughs> Everything he said just like blended together, and that combined with very apparently bad reception was just like <laughs> I don't. I was constantly like, "I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I'm sorry, can you repeat that?" Yeah. And so after I had the interview, he kept calling me back. He would call and he would just be like, okay. (laughs) And I got so tired of asking him, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Because it didn't matter how many times you repeated it. It would just be like, okay. (laughs) That I just started saying, okay. I was just, he would talk and I'd be like, okay, sounds good. (laughs) 
Yeah, I just, at, at a certain point, I just started agreeing with whatever he said and, like, sounds good. Just send me, will you just send me an email so that we can confirm? So there's probably some companies out there that, you know, call no-shows. Yeah. <laughs> they had my paperwork ready to go and everything. <laughs> it was miserable. But at the very least, he was calling about a job that is what my field is in. Mm-hmm. Have you had recruiters call you? They clearly didn't read your resume, and they'll look at what you did seven years ago, and they're like, oh, well, you know, you were a warm body that worked as a cashier. <laughs> your experience is really impressive to us. I will literally get calls and emails saying, your experience is really impressive, and we would really love to talk to you. And it's like, my job history says I was only doing this for two months, so how can that be impressive to you? <laughs> right. It's basically just there are so many more recruiters than not that are just like, are you a human? Yeah. Are you breathing? <laughs> and when can you start? <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember when I first graduated college, I was on the job hunt and there was a job that came up and I was not well suited for it at all. But I was desperate. You know, you, you just graduate college. You're like, oh, yeah. I need to get a job. Yeah. I need to be making making some money. So there was this job for this, like, lab tech position. And it had, like, all these, I don't know, tests and stuff that I can't even remember <laughs> the name of anymore. But I had heard of them before. Uh-huh. During class. Right. You know, when I was paying attention. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, everything that I learned in college is just gone. Mm-hmm. Mom and Dad would be very happy to hear that. Well, I'm going to be rich now, so they should be. <laughs> it all worked out. It all worked out. So I go into this interview. It was miserable. And I, <laughs> I'm actually so glad that I didn't get that job. <laughs> well, you know what they say, fake it till you make it. Yeah. You've been in the workforce. For a long time. So, so long. You're an old dog. What what tricks have you learned? <laughs> She's only five years older than I am. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we started the episode talking about, like, this newfangled digital age of interviews where, you know, regardless of the pandemic, everything is moving towards either phone calls or... Zoom or something that's over the internet. And I kind of like that because when I was initially looking for the job where I am, I had a recruiter contact me and they were really old school. I don't know if they, this is still like a normal thing, but like he wanted to actually meet up for lunch. Wow. And talk. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. Like, I barely even want to go socialize with people I know and like, much less meet a stranger, talk to him about boring stuff, feel obligated to impress him, and eat (laughs) in front of this person. I mean, how... I don't even understand why eating is a thing that you do on a date. Oh, I totally agree. I... When I was dating my husband, I didn't eat. Like, I just did not eat for the first 
six months at least. I mean, now it is not an issue, trust me. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he thought that I ate like a bird. Because I, I never ate anything because it was so embarrassing. Yeah. And and not because it was like, oh, well, I just want you to think that I'm a dainty little flower. Just because the act of eating is so disgusting and <laughs> embarrassing. And, like, if you get something on your mouth, you're mortified. And remember, I was in high school. You yeah. Know, I was young. So everything's embarrassing and mortifying in high school. Right. <laughs> Even though I still feel like that as an adult. Um, but I just, I don't understand why people get in situations where they want to impress another human being and they choose to put themselves on display eating. Like, well, if I can impress you while I'm eating, then I'm really impressed. Yeah. I, I, it's just nonsensical to me. Yeah. I mean, I could understand like meat for drinks or coffee. Maybe. I mean, the first thing that came to mind is, like, meat for cocktails, which, who meets for cocktails anymore? Or, well, what are we, what, sex in the city? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> we live in Kentucky. We don't have cocktails. Oh, cliche. We saw that on TV once, and now we think it's really cool. <laughs> we think that that's what everyone does in the Bay Old City. <laughs> we live close to a city, by the way, so <laughs> it's not like we're... Which, you know what? No, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm proud I'm a Kentuckian. I'm proud I don't have cocktails. <laughs> cocktails. <laughs> Let's say cocktails some more. <laughs> We've got plenty of cocktails on our farm. <laughs> We've never had a farm either. <laughs> we're just like, we are that perfect medium of boring. Yeah. Like, we're not interesting enough to say that we've, like, lived the city life and done the things that people do in the city, and we're not even interesting enough to say, well, we're country girls, and we lived on a farm, and we've got all kinds of stories about that. Literally, the most vanilla vanilla. life. (laughs) Yes. We're just trying to invent any kind of excitement we can. Yeah. And thus, a podcast was born. (laughs) Yeah. Is anybody else out there just painfully boring but you know what to be honest that's the other part of this whole podcast quite frankly i am totally okay with it i'm totally okay with it i don't have a desire to live in the city or i mean i would live on i would live on a farm because i i like that i like animals i like I like horses and stuff, but <laughs> I like to pet them. I like to, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> but I, I'm totally okay with that. And sometimes I almost feel like there's this pressure to be an exciting person. But at the end of the day, I'm just so very content with it. Even like when it comes to gatherings, and we've kind of talked about this when we discussed our college lives. I don't really feel like I missed anything mm-hmm. by not partying it up constantly. No. I feel like it was a very different experience from what the norm was. It wasn't to the detriment of my life experience. And when I get together with friends and family, we play board games. We we might drink a little bit, but we don't like get crunk and go crazy and then have these insane stories to tell for the rest of our lives. Like I am perfectly content playing a board game, staying in, having some wine and Sprite mixed in, and 
chilling. Yeah. Well, to me, first of all, being hungover is is just miserable. Gosh, it's so miserable. You know, when you just kind of live the life that we do, it just makes when you do have a crazy night, you're just like, oh my gosh, I had a crazy night. And to other people, maybe that's like, yeah, so you went to a bar. Yeah, our exciting stories are a lot of people's Tuesday night. Yeah. But I, I don't really care. Yeah. Is anybody else out there easily pleased? Any other board game simpletons out there? <laughs> I just like to pet the horsies out Anybody on the farm? else like to pet the horsies? <laughs> what even is that? <laughs> so that's like to me, when you did that, it sounds like Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Oh trying to do a country accent. It did. (laughs) Guys, watch Baskets. It is amazing. Louis Anderson is a genius. He deserves, I don't know what award they give out. Is it Golden Globe? I think he did get some sort of award, but again, I don't watch. Emmy. It's an Emmy women. It's an Emmy women. Emmy women. Emmy women. Emmy women. Well, if he if he got an award for that, he deserved it because it is it is really good and it's just a delight. And it's one of those shows that sort of will filter out the people that can relate to us and the people who are like, <laughs> "You guys are so fucking weird. I can't handle it." Yeah, because it just it appeals to my soul. Yeah, the it's just so it. like irreverent and but downplayed. Yes, and subtle. The simplicity of the humor is just, I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. But, true. you know, we're just here to tell you guys what we like. Oh, yeah. and and to help help everyone not to oh. be awkward anymore. Right. Yeah. Oops, we kind of got off track there a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, Missy, how the hell did we get from interviews to, te- to telling people to watch Baskets? Episode went off the rails. Yeah. But I think it's okay because we'll do whatever we, we want. We can do we can do what we want. <laughs> we can yeah. talk about whatever the hell we want. <laughs> but honestly, it probably is time to wrap this shit up. Because um, we try to keep these around 30 minutes, and I think we've gone over at this point. Yeah. But I've I don't a re- glassy glass. I don't regret anything. I regret nothing. I regret nothing. Boring life forever. <laughs> And watch baskets. <laughs> it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu, but it's it's FX. It's on FX, but you can it's streaming on Hulu. Hmm. And any parents out there, one thing that I really appreciate about it is it is absolutely adult themed. It's not for kids, and they do say bad words. But especially Netflix, I've been particularly peeved off with them because I mean we obviously use adult language in that in this podcast because we're adults and this is geared towards adults. But sometimes I get so tired of even just watching a trailer on Netflix mm-hmm. and they're cursing up a storm. And whether they bleep it out or not, it's like, come on. Yeah. My kid is smart enough to know what you're saying there. Anyway, one thing I, I kind of like about Baskets is it can at least be on while he's playing somewhere else and his mind isn't getting full filled with you know, F, 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 Yeah, exactly. To me, that is the mark of kind of a good show and a good movie where you don't really, and again, 
we're we're making we're kind of making ourselves sound like we're prudes. Where we're like, well, we play board games and we pray and we don't drink and we, we don't do, drink. We do pray, by the way. <laughs> and you're well. I only pray when I want something. Example: When I wanted this job and I wanted more money, I prayed. She is very close to God right now. <laughs> I am very close to God right now. <laughs> I owe him some favors. <laughs> but anyway. We're making ourselves sound like we're such prudes, and we're not. But I think that it shows talent and real creativity when you can have a show or something that's really funny and just downright entertaining without having to use CGI or violence or yeah harsh language or sex. It's like, wow, that's just genuinely good. That appeals to all audiences, and right. I think that those are the best. Yeah. And we're not against a bit of all of those things, yeah. but when it seems like it seems like a lot of Netflix shows are writing specifically on only that, yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, just shock value isn't the only way to get yeah. people to watch your show, Missy. Do you remember when you and Mom wanted to watch Titanic? And this was way back when, like. Titanic. We had Titanic on VHS, so it was like two VHSs. Special two di- two two discs. Because it, it was, wasn't even discs. No, it's a VHS. Two it was VHS a big old honking brick. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the middle of July, and <laughs> oh mom gosh. made me play outside for the whole three hours of the movie <laughs> because she didn't want me to watch it. I, I was so thirsty. <laughs> She was, she was such a thirsty turtle, y'all. I was baking in the hot sun while Missy and Mom decided to watch Titanic. Oh, man. Those were the good old days. <laughs> but, you know, I think about, like, how controversial... Not controversial. Titanic wasn't controversial. But, like, especially that one scene that was, like, such a big deal. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I would, like, set my son in front of the TV and, like, put toothpicks in his eyes and say, <laughs> watch this, damn it. But, overall, watch him paint her like one of his French girls. <laughs> but I would be happy to let him watch Titanic. That is so plain vanilla to the crap that is constantly being shoved down our throats on yeah. Netflix. That's quality. <laughs> Some quality shit That's right art. There. <laughs> it's art. Titanic is art. They don't make art anymore. <laughs> the thing. Yeah, they would just would have CGI'd everything. Yeah. They would just would have seen that movie, they actually sank a boat. They didn't <laughs> use CGI. <laughs> they, they made a real Titanic replica. Sailed it out into the middle of the Arctic or wherever they were. <laughs> and sank it. And they actually had people in there, too. Yeah, I mean, it was authentic. I mean, James Cameron was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. No CGI. Only art. <laughs> what was our point? Watch baskets, guys. <laughs> Watch baskets. <laughs> and interviews suck. <laughs> interviews suck. I think and that's a wrap. Okay, for real. Let's wrap this shit up. Chrissy. Congratulations on the job. Well, thank you. Job hunting sucks balls. Interviewing sucks balls even worse because you actually have to interact with people. But, you know, you let it all out 
The deed is done. Are you cured? No, I'm not cured. I think that I'm just, I temporarily have a band-aid where it's like, I don't have to do it again. And I'll be making so much money that it's worth it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys, I'm going to work on this before next week, okay? I'm going to, I'm going to try to get this under control. Also, did you mention that this new job is 100% working from home? Oh, yeah. That's the other thing that's going to make me so rich is I'm not going to have the gas. The gas, you guys. I'm not going to have to spend money and on the gas. And not having to interact with people physically is, I mean, not having you don't even have to, you don't have to be cured. It doesn't matter because you you don't have to be around anybody anymore. My life, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep this podcast going because I won't have any interaction there with the outside be... world, but I don't know. I will have to find a hobby. If you notice, I said we, so you have to find a hobby with me aside from podcasting. <laughs> So what about you? Are you cured? Oh my gosh. I mean, I haven't interviewed in a long time, but just the thought of everything that you've been through recently makes my skin crawl. I am very blessed to have a job that I I love reasonably so, and a boss that treats me very well. So hopefully we can just keep that good mojo and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but... If I were to have to job hunt and interview, we need some major sister therapy because, no, I'm not cured and I can't handle it. <laughs> you'll just become more and more comfortable and morph into your, this is where you'll retire because I'll just put up with more and more and more. The longer I go, not having to interview is probably just the more I'll put up with horrible working conditions. Yeah. Which I don't have, but I'm so averse to it, it would take a lot. Yeah. Until next time, I'll just continue being excited about being rich. (laughs) And that is all. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Awkward's Anonymous. We hope you were comforted to know that you're not the only one thinking those evil thoughts, feeling those crazy feels, or being inappropriately awkward. More than anything, we hope you were entertained. And of course, one of the most important things this podcast can do is to help you meet and support others who thought they were alone. We know it might be one of the hardest things you've ever done, dear introverts, but be bold, be brave, and introduce yourself. Tell us what's on your mind. What is your awkward ass been struggling with this week? Tell us a funny story. We're convinced we're not the only ones dealing with these seemingly irrational feelings and awkward behavior, so neither are you. We'd love to share what you have to say on this podcast just to prove it. And remember, you guys are in control of how many people we reach. Share, follow, like, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback is everything to growing a network of weirdos supporting other weirdos. Email us with anything you want to share at awkwardsanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at awkwardsanonymouspodcast. Meet with us every Tuesday to discuss all the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and wacky behavior we experience as awkwards. And really anything else we'd never normally say out loud. Can't wait to hear from you. Bye. Hey, Chrissy. Hey, Missy. Is that annoying? (laughs) Yes. So, and you were saying, and you were, (laughs) so you were, so you mentioned, so you were, (laughs) Tiger, it's not funny. 
being in that position. They get paid enough to be that after all of that. I mean, my manager. So, and it's, there's no reason not to. That people are like, oh, you have just to kind of. Just to kind of. Just to kind of. Just to kind of. Stop it! Um, Is talking about vaccinations offensive? Is that offensive? I know a lot of people offended by feisty about that. Well, we're really crossing a line bringing that up around here. We were vaccinated. We're normal. The person interviewing me. Can I say interview anymore? Interview, 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 Humiliated. Humiliated. <laughs> I need to be humiliated. Anywho. Anywho. <laughs>